0: Welcome back to the Starfield Lorecast. This is your host, Tom. I've got Dave Chaffins, my co-host with me. Dave, we had the Starfield uh, Direct today. Just today. It is, We've been waiting months and actually years for this. And finally, we have the Starfield Direct. We're three months out from launch. How are you feeling about this right now? Listen, I've got my saddle
1: ready to mount on to my big trash heap of a ship, and I'm going to space cowboy it right up into the stars like a shooting star. I am so, so, so excited for this game. Forty five minutes of pure gameplay. I don't
0: think you can get better than that for marketing material. Yeah, no, it was great. I think this they knocked it out of the park. We've been waiting for more about. This amazing game and they've revealed so much more we're gonna go over all of the details that really stood out to us We can't cover every single thing because we would just have to recap the entire thing But we're gonna cover the stuff that really stood out to us plus Some hints about space magic and what's actually going on with the storyline of that because they've hinted at it a few different times And then at the end they showed a little bit of space magic, but they didn't really tell us what's going on with that so We've got some theories about that stuff. We're going to go through everything. And first of all, the thing I want to start out with as we go through this conference is they summed up the spirit of Starfield and Bethesda games in general at the beginning perfectly with this little section right here. Check this out. Starfield is our first new universe in over 25 years, but it's still a Bethesda RPG through and through where you step into a new world and you get that feeling of unlimited possibilities. But this time it's not just one world. So they tell us that you get this feeling of unlimited possibilities and Dave, this really stood out to me. It, it, it makes me know that Todd Howard and everybody else in the studio understands one of the core reasons why we love their game so much. Fallout, Elder Scrolls, this uh, this feeling of going into a new game and just endless possibility. This the, the landscape is open in front of you. And in this case, multiple planetscapes and, and, and a whole galaxy of stuff. And you just have endless possibilities i think that's like a perfect way to start this whole thing off yeah
1: and it feels like they seem not only to sell this game but also it feels like it's the game they want to make like ideally this is like the culmination of all of their you know previous titles and we see a lot of that in this in this gameplay but it feels like that they are excited about this game and this is the most core bethesda game that they have possibly made
0: yeah, and so they go into details pretty quickly here. We get a lot of stuff. In 45 minutes, they packed this full of details. First of all, they introduce uh, Constellation, the group that we end up becoming a part of. And it doesn't seem like we're initially part of that group because they do show a little bit later on, we'll show you some of the character creation stuff and the dialogue you have with some other characters. It seems that you probably have a situation right at the beginning of the game where you end up touching an alien artifact or something, and it affects you, and then you're brought into Constellation in order to connect with them. And we're told that they are the last of the explorers, this tradition, this human tradition. And we're shown old pictures of famous explorers and ships and those kinds of things. And it gives us this sense of being part of this long history of human exploration. But we're in a future that has broken off of our actual reality, similar to something like fallout where things aren't necessarily going great, at least for people who want to continue exploring the galaxy. Um, so we end up with that kind of thing going on right at the beginning where we're introduced a little bit more into constellation, some of the individuals and that kind of stuff. Any thoughts on constellation, Dave? Uh, it seems interesting from a um, like historical aspect of
1: having, it seems like there's a lot of, And we see it in the game of a lot of these, like, almost like I would consider relics from the old world. These paintings, it's like a model ship, like who who has a model ship, you know, just kind of hanging around. So it it seems like it's very um, like a space Illuminati. Yeah, it feels to me.
0: Yeah. And so much of what I love about the games like Fallout is the reference to actual real world stuff and how it plays out. And so I think we're going to see a lot of that as well. A lot of these themes and reoccurring uh, concepts and and even the way they talk about like NASA punk being the style of the ships and and that kind of thing. They take the real world stuff and they extrapolate it out into this really cool adventure. So we also have uh, New Atlantis. What did you think about New Atlantis? Um.
1: New Atlantis just looked like um, a really cool Epcot. You know what I mean? Like, just like, it's all this, like, very rigid structure, but everything seems to be in almost like a zigzag pattern as you go to everything. Um, It it seems like very well-kept. Uh, it seems very, on the surface, everything is just, like, ideal when you look at it. Now, I'm not sure if that's actually how it's going to be in the game, but it seems like it's the idealized version of, like, what Space City could be.
0: Right. For those of you who don't, who don't know, Epcot, Epcot is uh, part of Disney World here in Florida, and it's, like, this whole separate... Park where you can go visit the different nations of the world and go to the science thing and the oceans and all of this stuff. But it, it has that like everything's clean, everything's stylized in a very similar kind of way across the entire right. park. And that's, and that's it was originally
1: designed as like a, almost like a, a, a Bioshock, a Bioshock experiment,
0: Like where. the city of the future. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on, we have uh, this is our first hint at space magic. at superpowers. And um, here, I'm just going to go ahead and play this this little clip for you. Check this out. Humanity's biggest questions.
1: The artifacts are so different, so alien, and I'm certain one of them reached out and spoke to you.
0: So we get this glimpse right here at the beginning of the the thing of a scene where you come across an alien artifact and this narration saying, I'm certain one of them reached out and spoke to you. This is a situation that happens in games and novels and fantasy and all that kind of stuff where you have an experience or the main character has an experience that sets them apart from everybody else. You came across an artifact and it spoke to you. Um, This feels like a Mass Effect thing, too, like the similar kind of concept of like you're the Mm -hmm. special one. But because of that in this, I think this this is a hint to not only did it speak to you, but it has given you space magic. There's powers that are being imbued through this connection, and that's why you're special. What do you think?
1: I think you're right. I think that uh, they have kind of like danced around this idea of like what we think of psionics. Um, And I think they're trying to, you know, make that be their version of it. Cause like, obviously there's like the force or whatever in star Wars, like there's different flavors of space magic itself. But I think they're really trying to put forth this, like, Oh, you know, there are these, you know, what we'd consider magic artifacts in the game, but they're few and far between. Um, And that's kind of what sets like that's the story of your character is here's this person that has access to these like alien artifacts that apparently speak to you and make you do some cool stuff.
0: Yeah. So do you think we're going to get like a Skyrim kind of thing where like that first artifact gives you the foos and then another artifact you come across as you continue to explore the universe gives you some other ability and so you continue to unlock as you explore?
1: I mean, I think so. I think that um, they showed they showed a little bit of character creation and kind of like led into that and excuse me if I'm jumping ahead here but the Argos um excavation situation where they were like whoa dude and there's like alien artifacts that are just kind of like sitting around they're like whoa dude you passed out what's what's happened like so the game probably begins with like I'm binding my colony oh touch this artifact and now the aliens speak to me and I can do some wacky stuff like To me, that seems like a good place to be like,
0: and the character has amnesia. Right, right, right. The effect of this alien artifact has now, you know, basically wiped the slate clean. You're able to create your character and all of that. Yeah, we're going to jump into that in a little bit. But um, during this portion of the of the event, they talked about this cast of characters, the the other characters at Constellation. And uh, we get this clip here. Check this out. It's definitely an eclectic cast of characters. You've got Sarah Morgan, the ex-soldier and adventurer, now Constellation's leader. Mateo, the theologian who believes that there's definitely something else out there. Noel, the gifted scientist and Sarah Morgan's protege. And Walter, a very successful businessman
1: in the settled systems and Constellation's financier. Anything goes as long as you have the money. There's also Vlad, the ex-pirate. Sam Coe, the former space cowboy and Barry. You
0: know what I hate about these pirates? Completely resistant to my otherwise irresistible charm. <laughs> that, I feel like that some of those characters are going to be iconic, like the kinds of characters that we talk about for a long time that I've spent a lot of time on the Fallout Lorecast talking about the right. different companions and characters. And I feel like most of these people will be able to go on you on your adventures with you. It seems to it be seems the case. seems like
1: that. Yeah. That's what it seems like to me. Vasco. And they said that essentially they could do three things like go to your ship, go to your outpost or go with you.
0: Right. Right. So I wouldn't be surprised that you can't just like take all of them or at least most of them. Also, the old guy, the old rich guy, I'm like red flags raise in my mind. I'm going like, is he going to be the villain? Is he going to be the bad guy? Because old rich guy, eh, it feels like it's a trope, but maybe not. That's just a gut feeling on that i don't know what you think about that could Could be could be could be um but the characters look cool we got space cowboys we have uh this wide collection of different individuals from like what feels like the breadth of this i don't know the social structure yeah Yeah. and i think it's interesting that they included like they made
1: sure to Talk about the theologian. and I was like, oh, I guess like religion and space. And then later on, they talk about traits and characters and what are the traits you could get as you were a part of a certain religion and that gets you by these speech checks. And I was like, that's interesting. I don't think I've seen like religious like beliefs in like the way that we consider them in like in current setting outside of, you know, tr- the Children of Adam, which are a caricature and the Skyrim religions, which are like, you know, fantasy religions. Um, so I'm very curious about all of that. That seems really interesting to me.
0: Yeah. 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 We mentioned the Children of Adam and it's it, the fallout stuff takes everything and kind of cranks it up to 11. Everything becomes super extreme. And I mean, to say that religions haven't been extreme is a little bit silly because many, many have, and many are. Um, but I think, what you're what you're gonna see here is a much more grounded approach because you have the theologian who's part of constellation which makes sense because people uh, you know you move forward in time it's like people aren't all of a sudden not going to be religious anymore that's part of the human experience um so to to have that breakdown and how exploring the universe has affected Earth's religions and how new religions have been founded on some of these things that they've found is an interesting thing because it, it really does ground it in the reality of being human. So I think you're right. I think that makes a really good point. So outside the bounds of settled space, we have some other factions and um, we've, uh, we've heard mention of the Crimson Fleet. I don't recall. I've been kind of Focused on other stuff. I don't recall the Red Mile. Do you remember the Red Mile from anything? The Red Mile
1: is a new thing that they showed off today, and it seems like it's some sort of like a game of some sort, or is some sort of like facility um, that they're running the Red Mile out of. Because it seems like that there's like a competitive
0: aspect to the Red Mile. Yeah. So Um, we we get this glimpse to like the outer reaches of space where like. Space Raiders exist and what's going on with them and like how all of that that works and who all these different factions are. So we get this glimpse at the Red Mile here. Let me pull this up. Check this out. Outside the bounds of civilized space, there are still plenty of unclaimed systems to explore, but these areas are also home to the most hostile factions in the galaxy.
1: The Great Serpent hungers. All heathens shall be made dust in time.
0: A new face. This is the face of a brave runner here to challenge the Red Mile. They think the galaxy is theirs. They are wrong. It belongs to the Crimson Fleet. It always has. So... First, you have the like the serpent thing, and I don't know if the Great Serpent is the name of the group or some religious sect or or something like that, right? But we get this quick little right. glimpse of them, and they're like they're really cool looking spacesuits, and then we have the Red Mile, and they're talking about like running the Red Mile. So maybe this is like a what was the movie with um, Running Man was it with Arnold Schwarzenegger in the eighties? Uh, yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yeah. So maybe it's like that kind of situation. Uh, We also had some other glimpses to some really dark underbelly sides of some of the places that we have heard of with like the murder scene with all the blood on the bed. So Mm -hmm. Bethesda is not shying away from the M rating on this game because it's, they're going deep into the dark underbelly and the more dangerous parts of the, the galaxy, which is exciting and it seems cool. like
1: that they have like continuing on the in reading like it seems like that they have created systems to be bad like uh contraband scanning on ships uh, or um you know the pirate stuff that they showed off where you can board a ship and kill everybody on it and take it and like walk away like that kind of stuff like you would more find in like a grand theft auto kind of situation yeah uh, of yeah of like systems based around doing crime but i mean that's not uncommon for best bethesda games based off of you know pickpocketing frag grenades or you know an entire thieves guild or assassins guild you know
0: yeah i mean you think about the other games that have done there's always been a dark dark quality to some of the stuff that goes on. Being a cannibal in one of the games or like you're saying, like the the Dark Brotherhood and just an entire guild based around assassination and some of the, I mean, heck, some of the dark lore around the Daedric Princes and the terrible things that they've done. So they're not afraid to take things into that realm and I'm excited to see more of that because what we get in things like Fallout 76 and ESO tends to be a little bit more T for Teen, a little bit more toned down in some regards, than the mainline yeah, games, I think so. Yeah, yeah. so but yeah. these games we, we get a little bit of a darker, darker look at things. Then we got some stuff about uh, character gen. Actually, before we go into character gen, they did we did get a glimpse of some places that look very like space western, you know, saloons and cowboy hats and uh, Firefly esque, maybe even. Yeah, I would say so. Which I'm excited for. I think that yeah, the that's...
1: Free Star Collective and the Kill a City all seems very like everyone's wearing cowboy hats and it's a space western kind of time. Um, and then the Neon City uh, looks like just like straight out of Cyberpunk. Like you could just like pull it straight out and it would look like that.
0: Right. Yeah. 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 This is yes, absolutely. But I'm I'm excited about the space cowboy stuff. I might want to roleplay my first character as a space cowboy first and foremost. You know, um, someone once told me, "If you want to
1: fly, come and take a ride, take a space ride." But the cowboys, baby, um, that's that's from the seminal uh, hmm. film done by the Backstreet Boys. Uh, I forgot what the film name was. It had Clint Eastwood in it. It was about space.
0: The Backstreet Boys did a f- movie.
1: No, this is called, I think it was called Space Cowboys, and it was with Clint Eastwood and Tommy Lee Jones. There's a bunch of old men going to the moon, and the Backstreet Boys did a song that goes, If you want to fly, oh, man. come and take a ride, take a space ride with the cowboys. All right, that's the farthest wow. tangent I'll go wow. tonight, because we got a lot to get
0: through. I hope you, and I know you're a musician, I hope you do a recorded cover. Of that I, of I that mean, song. I should
1: listen. If this if this video gets a, a thousand likes, oh, is it in sync? Um, Scarecrow says it's in sync. In sync. Excuse me. I'm so sorry, JT. I did not mean <sighs> to to infringe on the Timberlake. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Any All right. Who. All
0: right. Let's talk about character gen. Yo, Check seven hundred. Oh no! Subscribed for two months. Absolute favorite podcast. Thanks for all you do. (laughs) Thank you, Yo-Yo. For some reason, this uh, thing did not update with the not supposed to talk. I don't know why it's doing that. So uh, I'm just going to turn that off. Thank you so much for the sub. Uh, It's weird because it's not supposed to show up during the the shows. But anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about the uh, character generator. Check this out.
1: One of the biggest overhauls was done through our character generation system. We scanned a wide range of
0: faces from different age groups and ethnicities. And by mixing and matching all that data, we were able to create highly detailed and diverse characters. We use that exact system to create all the characters and NPCs you're gonna see in the game. So any character you see almost always is a character you could make yourself. out of it. Hey, come on, come on. Okay, take it
1: easy. You were out cold. Uh, no physical damage. Mentally,
0: the jury's still out. You know who you are? New recruit for Argos Extractors? Ring any bells? Any of this look familiar? So two things here. First, we get the the explanation about how they modeled a bunch of faces from all different ethnicities. So now you can really make your character look like whoever you want it to look like. You can make it look like yourself as best as you possibly can. Um, so they've expanded all of that. And we've seen a good bit of the character creator stuff before. They talked about how your character isn't just the way you look, but it's your background and how that plays into things, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But then this is the second hint about the whole space magic thing we were to, like you and I were discussing before we have this whole like you were a new recruit for Argos and you, something happened. Let's see how your brain is doing. It's very similar to the beginning of like New Vegas when you got shot in the head and the docs ditches you back together and asks like, do you remember who you are? I get very similar vibes from. This yeah, for it, that. it seems
1: like it's mo- it's more like that rather than a. Um. Uh, waking up at a prison, it seems.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're not getting you with a prisoner. I think we're getting a situation where the intro of the game happens, you touch the artifact, boom, you black out, they wake you back up, and then you have to tell them if you remember who you are. And that plays into the whole, like, how did you get space magic thing, like we've been talking about. So. So there, there is that um, we did get a good bit about the whole leveling up system, the skill points, the five different skill trees. I'm wondering if there's not another skill tree that has something to do with space magic that they just didn't show us somehow. Um, and then the four different ranks and the way you rank up is through challenges, which is interesting because it breaks the whole previous games way of leveling certain things up by just not only are you doing the thing in order to get better at it but you have to do the thing in a certain way in order to level it up what do you think about that? i forgot
1: which game it was that did that similarly i've played games where that's been the case of like oh you need to do you know kill 20 bugs by shooting them in the head with a shotgun and then you'll get the upgrade for it um but i really like that system because that teaches that kind of challenges people to play a certain play style so it's like if you're working on leveling something like you're like oh well yeah i can use my pistol to do you know this challenge for this thing and once i run out of animal on that then i have my flamethrower and i can use my flamethrower to burn all of this other stuff Like to me, that seems like an interesting way of leveling rather than being like, I'm now going to cast soul trap on the dead body one million
0: times. And right. then my conjuration will be 100. <laughs> I'm just going to jump everywhere I, I go like in Oblivion right. and then you level yes. up your jumping skill. Yeah, it's it's a little bit more detailed and a little bit more requires a little bit more than just mindlessly hitting a button over and over. So right. that makes sense. Um, then we get this. Check this out. I like the xeno-sociology skill because it lets you mind control aliens. Boost pack out of the gate. I'm boost packing everywhere. I like maxing out my physical
1: tree so I can get neuro strikes and just punch my way through combat.
0: That one's a lot of fun invest in the skills that suit your play style. I'm very much a stealth player, so I'm out there pickpocketing everyone. My favorite part about being stealthy
1: is slowly creeping through vents like you're in a movie and then jumping out and springing on people.
0: Whenever possible, I like to talk my way through situations. Is area's off limits? Fine, I'll issue you an access card. I'm more of a run and gun player. I like doing the death from above thing where I boost pack over guys and I throw landmines at them. Take them down! You're gonna pay for that! Ah, ah. I like blowing I like blowing stuff up. Um, This is is the section where they talk about all the different skills and things, but I think this section, more than almost anything else in the entire presentation, really plays up the whole, like, this game is doing the Bethesda thing, and you're going to be able to play your play style the way you want, and the world just works for that.
1: And right. And how many characters it. have you started on any of the previous Bethesda games being like, oh, this character is going to be stealth archer or I'm going to do pure magic or I'm going to do like, you know, big guns and maybe I'll do a sledgehammer. Like those builds are the replayability that yeah. you bring into that. So I'm I'm super excited that they put so much time into all of these different powers and
0: playstyles, right? I love the whole sneaky assassin build thing, and I probably start with that. But the idea of like leveling up your punches, especially because every planet or moon has different amounts of gravity, so you punch a dude on a place with limited gravity, and they just fly off. And that's just that is wonderful. The, when the physics, you know, or or boost jetting over things and then dropping mines on people, like you get as crazy as you want, as creative as you want with how to use these abilities. And that absolutely speaks to me. Also, uh, Yo-Yo in chat mentions the combat looks smoother. I've been looking around on the internet since the event and many different places, it looks great to me, but many people are, are posting about like, what did they do? The combat looks amazing now. This is great. What did you think?
1: I think that they so they did it. I mean, if you think about the jumps that they made from you know even like a Fallout Three in New Vegas to Fallout Four, when I played Fallout Four, I was like, oh, it's like a modern game. It's not like I'm just like shooting off into the world. This one, it feels like, oh, this is like a this feels like Titanfall. Like we, it feels like that you're really like everything's yeah. very snappy and you're able to lock on and move and do this boost jump where this guy like throws off a of frag mine on top of these people and then scoots the left. It seems like super high, like you could get into super high level play of, of being kind of like a, you know, a Twitch shooter almost in that regard. It's not going to be hundred percent smooth as like a, you know, the latest cod or whatever, but I,
0: but maybe, I mean, it, maybe, like, maybe looks, if you're playing in a system with a frame rate that's high enough, I know that maybe the frame rate might yeah. be limited on some of the, you know, some of the consoles. But who knows? Um, I mean, it legitimately looks really solid. The sniping, the the shotguns, the way the, the like even they talked about like ballistics. If you're floating through the air in like a zero G situation, you're shooting ballistics. It's going to push you around, you know, like they're taking into consideration all of these different details about how all of, all of that works together. And um, I think I think it looks great. So I think it does, too. I'm really impressed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what kinds of things you can do with the combat and the skills and combining it all together. Um, So then they move on to exploration and they talk about the one thousand plus. Worlds or planets but then there's also moons and things I don't Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly if you get to land on all the moons of all the planets because that could really balloon the number of locations really quickly but yeah they didn't mention it um but it, it seems that there are pre-designed locations. So like you go to a planet and it might have a city on it or a specific location marked and you go and you land there and that city is built the way the city is built. Everything is designed around what it's supposed to look like. But if you just choose to land in the wilderness somewhere, it generates the world around you individual for, not only for you, like this world looks different from any other world that you're gonna land on. It seems to be the case. Um, but it also my version of that world is going to be different from your version of that world because it's going to generate it differently for each of us that seem to be that that that
1: makes sense with their procedural generation and what they're doing so it seems like to me that you know all this planet is going to you know if I think about it in terms of fallout like a West Tech facility they're going to that's going to be the location that you're going to do the thing on or you know whatever city that they have but the rest of it and like the kinds of stuff that you could find those little things. those like, you know, a trailer or something, or like, I'm trying to think of the space, a space trailer, obviously. (laughs) Right. um, That You could come across like that. I think that's going to be like, that's going to be the water cooler stuff of like, Oh, I went to this place and this, you know, this giant creature came out and this guy was
0: running from the giant creature. And I was like, what's going on here? And right. That kind of stuff. Right. So I I have some other thoughts on this too. I think, If you have a world where, let's just use West Tech as an example, you know West Tech has a facility on that world, or the lore says West Tech has a facility on that world. Maybe that facility isn't even in the main city that you can visit that's already designed for you. But maybe there's just the possibility that if you go to that world, a West Tech facility is one of the things you might just stumble upon in the wilderness. So it gets generated into the world. So... If you went to that world and I went to that world, we both may visit the same West Tech facility. It just may end up in different locations, or it may have showed up sooner in my playthrough than in your playthrough, depending on how much we explored that world. All of that stuff, right? right. Um, also, there's the concept. Uh, Crystal and chat says it may be like a seed generation system, like in Minecraft or RimWorld, which makes me wonder how do they generate the seeds? Because if there's this, if there's something in like a ini file where my seed can be the same as yours like i could edit my seed at the beginning of my game so that when i land on the planet it's going to generate things the same way that you do you generate things on your planet that would be really wild because then you could actually have the same planets generating the same stuff i doubt that that's happening or i doubt that at least it's something that we're going to be able to edit Without somebody getting in and modding it, I would I would guess if there's a seed generation thing, it's probably based around a a number of just kind of random variables at the beginning of the game that give it a a, a total number. And you're never going to know what that number is that generates the seed like your character design or how long it took you to go through the intro or like those kinds of things. Right. And I'm not sure how open they're going to, you know, and
1: you know, if I was in the same, I, but I think the same too, like, I, I'm not sure how open they'd be with what's procedural and what's not. Cause ideally if you're playing the game, you're not going to be thinking about, Oh, this is pre-designed and this is procedural. Like you're going to be thinking I'm in this world, I'm doing these things. Like this is not, you're not trying to like discern between the two. Um, So yeah. I, I don't know how upfront they're going to be at least at first, um, with that kind of stuff, right. but th- same thing, same thing right. for modding. Like, I don't know how, like, Uh, Open, they're going to be with, with modding like right out of the gate. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. The harder it is for us to tell what is procedural and what is actually crafted, the better the gameplay experience is going to be because it's not going to break that immersion. So yeah, absolutely. Um, Also in chat, uh, uh, let's see, who is, who is this? Uh, Obite says uh, maybe that's why it's a single player game. I think it's a single player game mostly because they want to confine it to uh, not having the complexity of a multiplayer game in order to make a single player game as interesting and dynamic as they can, which has been the tradition of the studio. So,
1: right. And their last single multiplayer game was not maybe the most well received at first. So I think that they were like, let's do something else.
0: Right. Right. So I also noted earlier that every planet has its own gravity, different resources, all of that stuff. And that's going to play into where you go and how you go to places where you set up your strong, your, your stronghold, your, uh, your, um, what's it called? Your your base, whatever you call that. Mm-hmm. Um, then they showed us some of the ship stuff, lots of cool ship stuff. Uh, they went more into details about how modular they are, how all the different components can connect together, how you can build it, how the way you set up your ship from the outside is. 100% affects the way your ship works on the inside. So if you put an extra room in, there's an extra room. You got to walk through another room to get from one room to another. If you put in certain types of modules, then they allowed you to have certain types of things that you can do inside the ship, like crafting or storage or uh, engines that, you know, help you travel faster or power up your, uh, you know, your your, your guns or your shields or whatever all of that stuff which we'll talk about a little bit that plays into the combat side of things any other thoughts on the ship stuff uh it seems like that they're being very modular
1: with it which i think is great um and i there was some different things that they actually i think confirmed one of them was that large al- like an lot al- like the the freelance uh, the free Star collective or the um uh The main faction i'm forgetting the name anyways they have these giant battleships like a la star wars or whatever that it seems like that you can go to and dock with which i think is pretty cool Um, because i people speculated whether it was just going to be like oh it's just uh, every ship is your size it's like no there's ships your size there's like little fighters there's like big freight like this the variability of ships seems um pretty cool to me
0: yeah and it's going to affect a lot of the way ship combat works too which we'll get Mm -hmm. into in a little bit before that we got to talk about companions and um you had a note here about vasco that makes vasco even more fun
1: yeah vasco can say your name he uh in the trailer says captain howard uh which i thought was rather funny and they left that as a little easter egg in the beginning of fallout 4 for the mr handy that was there that would say your name would be like david the yeah babies crying crying,
0: right right now is it on the in Fallout four it was a list of words and names that they Mm pre-recorded do you think that this is like an ai thing like they've got somebody's voice but then whatever you type in as your name it will just read it
1: My yeah what if it's like
0: ah captain underpants hello (laughs) (laughs) hello captain underpants hello poop smith yeah, right, um, exactly. I, I think that would be really cool. I'm not sure that's the case, though, but we'll, I guess I we're going to have to see.
1: We'll have to wait and see. If we'll to tri- we'll to test that out ourselves.
0: Yeah, and we talked about the companions at the beginning part when we were talking about Constellation, how there's lots of them. You can put them on a ship. You can put them at your settlement. You can take some of them with you. Uh, there's romances. We got the tiniest little glimpse about romances and some dialogue going on with that. Um, you can hire crew, just like in Skyrim, if you go into a bar and you meet somebody and they're like hey you know 300 gold and i'll come with you and kill stuff and you're like okay um right is is romancing the adoring fan like a is that like a moral thing oh my god do you think that's even possible okay so we have the adoring (laughs) fan here let me let me show you this clip real real fast if you haven't seen this yet this is gold this is amazing You could choose to meet your biggest fan. By Vectera, by Vectera, by Vectera! Is it really, really you? He'll join your crew, and he'll give you gifts, if you're willing to put up with this constant commentary. I can't believe I get to stand near you, breathing the same air. I've got to have every molecule. I've got to have every molecule. And it's voiced, yeah, T-Rex says in chat, it's voiced by the same voice actor. Uh, I don't know his name off the top of my head, but yes, same voice actor, very similar character model, just up-rezzed, you know, uh, like updated for Starfield with the yellow hair that comes to a point on the head, all of that stuff. Um, Dave, I I'm considering... Going this route using that perk in order to have the adoring fan Um, But I thought it would complicate it even more because one of the things I mentioned in the character creator section was that if you see a Character in the world you should be able to make another character in the character creator that looks a lot like it or identical to it What if I was the adoring fans twin and you're just like constantly building each other up. You're like, you're great. No, you're really great. No, you're great. That would be amazing. Oh, I'm such a fan. It's like, well, yes, I, clearly you are because I look just like you. It just puts another layer on top of it. Um, so I, this is great. Uh, it also, this is an Easter egg kind of thing. Like they could have not mentioned it, but it makes me wonder how many other things like this we're going to see
1: yeah uh, there's gonna there's gonna be stuff like that and people are gonna you know put them in the thumbnail he's fallout connected to starfield P- Surprise face big yellow letters with a question mark and we all go probably not but i think they're, <laughs> yeah. they're willing to have fun it seems like with with you know some of the adoring fan stuff yeah uh, that they have going on
0: yeah, I love, I love this stuff. Um, and a, a lot of people do, too. So uh, even one of the other, I guess, little Easter eggs was one of the ships you come across is called Grandma. And she asks you if you'd like to come over for some, like, muffins or something that she's baking. I don't remember what it was, the, the actual line. Mm. Um, is that Skyrim Grandma voiced as a character that you can come across in a ship in the game?
1: It might be. It, or it might be, like, the, um, the goat test where... Um your grandma asks you to come over for muffins. How do you greet her? Maybe that's like,
0: (laughs) yeah. Part of it. Part of it. Right. Right. And then we got more ship combat. We saw more of that stuff. And, um, this feels like a combination of X-wing like X-wing tie fighter, like that classic series of games where you have to manage your energy to your shields and your engine and your gun. But it's more than just that with something like FTL. Did you ever play FTL?
1: yeah i played ftl yeah and um it's similar to the new star wars uh, squadrons yes Uh, that had the same like all you have your shield and you can put power on your shields or your thrusters or your blasters but i think there's like six different fields i think three of those are weapons and three of those are just like your grav drive your uh your shield and your um i think your engine
0: yeah um the drive is particularly interesting to me because they showed one scene where you that you're just surrounded by other ships and then you're trying to get the grav drive to to you know fill up so that you can warp out of there as fast as possible which is also very star wars it's that whole like you know the the empire's on our butt they're getting ready to pull us in with a tractor bean we we need to like warp out of here as fast as possible right
1: yeah i'm i'm so i'm so in for that to be I, lo- I would love to be overwhelmed you know like in that regard of like just like massive amounts of ships flying around you chasing you and you're trying to grab jump out of there that's like the ad- i can feel the adrenaline pre this is a, it's like a pre-course of adrenaline it's an aperitif <laughs>
0: it's the appetizer of adrenaline yes um so then they also showed us uh, they didn't they're staying true to this. You can't necessarily just fly into a planet and land yourself down. There's cutscenes, and they showed us cutscenes of landing and taking off, but nothing in between, which is fine, because that gets you into the action of exploring on the planet faster and it gets you back into space faster. You got to yes. They're getting rid of that middle section, which I'm sure is partly due to that reasoning. This idea of like get you to the parts that are most fun first. But also probably a technological thing. They're not building, you know, Star Citizen with the way the technology works for like landing directly on a planet. And I've played Star Citizen. It takes you a good 10, 15 minutes to get from space to the surface of a planet because you got to go all that long distance through the atmosphere and then land it and all of that. That would that would be a huge time sink with all the different locations you're going to want to be going to in this.
1: game. Yeah, I, I personally don't mind it. Like, I think that there's, you know, there's games that do that. And I don't think this needs to be one of those that has that like, oh, now we're, you know, the surface to planet stuff like it seems like that they've got like plenty of asteroids and all kinds of stuff to fly around space. And as long as you have that as like, a you know, an obstacle, I think that that's perfectly right. great.
0: Right. Yeah. It's a Bethesda RPG in space, not a space sim, says Crystal in chat. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, you can't crash your ship into the surface of something. And then all of a sudden now you're, you don't have a ship anymore. Right. Um, True. But you can disable other ships. You can board them. You can steal things off of them, which seems super fun. Like, what if you did a playthrough where you tried to, like, like a stealth playthrough where you landed on other ships without them knowing you're there, and then you took as much as you could and then get off without killing anybody? And just, like, are just like the kleptomaniac of space. Yeah, I'm just going to be
1: a space pirate. Like, that's pretty much all I'm going to do. This is one of, the, I think, the rare... I think Bethesda games that I'm gonna start playing that I'm immediately just gonna be like, Yeah, I'm a pretty terrible person. <laughs> just just because the idea of just like I'm hijacking everyone's ship, it doesn't matter who you are. Yes, I'm gonna be chased constantly. Yes, I've got contraband. Yes, I've you know, have this like m- immense fleet of ships that I've conquered. Um, I'm I'm so excited for that element of it. And and it it reminds me a lot of old like pirate sims like Sid Meir's Pirates or um, yeah. Assassin's Creed Black Flag or um, uh, like
0: Sea of Thieves, that kind of stuff. Yeah, the idea that you can just capture the ships and then you just keep a collection of them. I I also have to wonder if that means you can take components off of each of the ships and just like attach it to your own ship. So like what if for every ship you capture, you, you take one of the components out and you end up with like a Frankenstein main ship with individual components from all the ships that you tom that's the dream you're talking the dream right now that's my dream that's my
1: personal that's my dream of september after september 6th that's my dream throw it all out the rest of it it doesn't matter that's the dream
0: yeah so a frankenstein ship uh this goes back to the whole section where they're showing all the ships and one of the devs was like yeah i i I made a mech (laughs) it's a a ship that looks like a mech and it just flies somehow um that's that's great all the flexibility with that then they showed us the watch, which we actually posted to Starfield Insider, which is our little website where we're posting Starfield news and stuff. And um, that had gotten leaked. And sure enough, that's a real thing. And the controller and headset, which I believe was leaked a few weeks ago with some of the designs. But we got a nice up close look at it with the uh, the way it, like it has these little lines with like different control, like the words for each of the buttons and what they do and the controls all mapped out mm-hmm. on the controller what do you think of those? I thought it looked cool.
1: I'm not, a, I'm not a big like peripherals fan. Like I, I just don't, I don't have a lot of, let's look at you know, my peripherals. Um, I, I thought it looked cool. I think it's one of the cooler designs for an Xbox controller. Like as far as like stuff that they've branded, like it looks interesting and looks like a video game controller. It doesn't look like, Oh, we've, slapped on a captain's wheel onto a controller and here you go like <laughs> right. it, it looks like it's something that's like new age and kind of techie you know what i mean
0: yeah it's very tastefully it's designed like it right. still matches the aesthetic and all of that well then we got a little bit more about exp- exploration this is the most um no man's sky part of the game the whole like mm-hmm. you can go walk around the surface and then mine resources and you know take a I don't know. I'll look at all the different fauna and flora all over the place and kind of ca- catalog it all and all of that stuff, which I'm su- sure is like super big for some people. It's not really my thing. I tried doing that. I tend to bounce off that stuff pretty quickly.
1: I'm a big like checklist kind of guy. So that's that's going to be right up my alley of, um, you know, scanning the plants and fauna and then reading the descriptions of like, oh, this animal eats, you know seeds from the tree and then he poops them and (laughs) this lake like that kind of stuff uh, i think i think it's pretty cool and especially when it comes to like i'm really i'm really excited to see what they do with procedural generation for a lot of that stuff because in no man's sky some of those creatures just look like oh my god this thing is like from hell like it's (laughs) it's like it's like a triceratops but with the the smallest head possible on a giant body like they just like move all the sliders everywhere so it looks like you pressed random on the character creator um, so I'm curious what a more um, uh, realistic Bethesda touch is gonna do for for that procedural stuff
0: yeah they were saying they wanted the animals to look like they could be real animals they're just like on alien worlds so I think right. they're, they're going less cartoony than No Man's Sky a little right. bit more accurate um, then we have outposts here check this out after some exploring, you can find a spot to set up a base camp. Outposts can be built almost anywhere on any planet. And the habitat modules come in all shapes and sizes, filling all different purposes. You can even live in them. Assign crew and companions to work at your outpost for added bonuses and set up extractors to harvest resources while you're away.
1: Something cool we have this time is we have a new fly cam where you can toggle between on-foot building or you can now use a top-down isometric camera which helps plan out larger parts of the outpost and placing those larger halves so that way you can really plan your structures and what the overall feel of your outpost is and then when you're on your feet you can really decorate and
0: fine-tune things much easier. So what do you think about the whole outpost thing Dave?
1: I said i'm a big fan of the uh base building system in no man's sky and it seems to be very similar even from like their camera's perspectives of like you know for those who play no man's sky is like a a space sim that's cartoony i would say in, in appearance um but they have a whole base building system where you can go out big and, and build different stuff, or you could go in, you know, write in your first-person view and play stuff. It seems like they took a lot of direction from that. Even pulling what I think, like, I saw the mineral extractor. I'm like, oh, that looks exactly like the mineral extractor from No Man's Sky because I'm a huge nerd. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it seems like that they're really um, upgrading a lot of their um, Uh, previous building that they've done for 76 and four but i'm really curious about how we talked about crew we've talked about you know your companions and that kind of stuff of what of like an upgraded settlement system is going to be like from from fallout 4 settlement like oh we're going to have these people doing this these people doing that well how are those characters going to interact with your outposts like are you going to be like oh i'm going to set up a oil farm and so i've got to have people that know about that so i've got to go find you know little jimmy down the road at the space bar <laughs> with his jimmy. space kitties. <laughs> jimmy the oil to, farmer right exactly yeah um come run my oil farm at my outpost name like the oil toil oil barn you get what i'm saying
0: yeah yeah um i i have a feeling that if you build the machine that pulls the oil out it operates at like a base level but if you have people in your settlement that are good at that it adds like a multiplier to it
1: like now it's 20
0: percent more efficient or 50 percent more efficient something like that Um, but you still use it if you don't have a person who's a specialist That would be my guess on that one. Um, But yeah, I mean, it looks like it's easier than in Fallout 4 or Fallout 76 because you can look down on everything and kind of craft stuff from that perspective. You got these like little robot guys wheeling around, almost like, again, like Star Wars, like these little mini robots that are just like they look like little boxes on wheels, just kind of like scooting. Got like got like
1: you know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And um, lots of different locations and modules and extractors and all of this different stuff. Even the furniture mm. inside looks like you can kind of change it out um, and design that stuff a lot. I haven't done, I, I'm more of a utilitarian base builder when it comes to like Fallout 4 and 76. I kind of buy it, build what I need. I give it a once over for aesthetics and then I'm like, done. I'm like, that's my base. I'm done. Uh, but some people love to just build and build and build. And it seems like you can do yep. this across multiple worlds, which seems pretty cool. Uh, then they dug deeper into the combat, talk about all the different weapons, all the different ways that you can customize them. They even specifically said that they think they've designed more weapons in this game than any other game that they've ever created. So, and we're getting a variety of them. We have ballistics, we have laser weapons. You have, uh, uh, what is it mag Mag weapons yeah uh-huh. those look really, really cool with all the different little lasers pointing which direction those things are gonna shoot. Um, yeah big weapons. I think I'm going to try to melee. do like
1: a, a build that's like a flamethrower and a cryolator, you know, like all, all kinds of like weird little elements that I can shoot out of people in space. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm excited for the modularity of that. It seems like across the board, the modularity of the weapons, the ship, your character, like your companions, like your base, like everything seems like you can customize it out to Wazoo, uh, which I I think is super Like, it seems like the evolution, like it's like, oh, you remember our Bethesda games? Well, this is our Bethesda game on steroids.
0: Yeah, they didn't mention like legendaries, though. So I'm wondering Mm -hmm. if you beat like crime lord, you know, poop face Do you. Does he have like a really cool rifle and then you get to have like the poop shooter rifle or something? Yeah. Yeah,
1: I, uh, <laughs> I like that idea. I, you know, I I like the the scenario you gave. In fact, but uh, <laughs> spreading feces and see disease see, across suppose. the
0: galaxy. Um, <laughs> uh, so weapons look awesome, as we mentioned before. Combat looks way refined. It looks so mm-hmm. good. And then we get to the end of the conference. So we got to wrap this up. And we have this moment where your character walks into a group of enemies and waves the hand, and then all of a sudden gravity stops working. Check this out. And for for those of you who are just listening on the audio version of this, this video is going to go back, go up on my uh, Robots Radio YouTube channel. So if you want to check us out and see our beautiful faces and some of the clips, uh, you're welcome to go there. Check this out. waves and a bunch of dudes just start floating around in a hallway and that's it that's that's the only glimpse we get of like space magic
1: I have a theory that I think that space magic as you as you said is going to revolve around gravity i feel like that that's like an easy physics-based thing that they could invent like a magic system off of because like you know gravity is weird like black holes and white holes and like the gravitational phenomenon and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um i think is likely one or at least one of the areas in which they're going to to do a lot of that that space magic and through
0: Yeah. So like, I think you're right. I think we're going to see some gravity stuff. Like maybe we see people floating. Maybe we see like a black hole that sucks a bunch of people in and crushes them. Uh, we could definitely see that kind of stuff. Do you think we're going to get like Palpatine lightning or something? Like, are there going to be energy? I mean, gravity is a form of energy in a way. Like, are we going to get, I don't know, but they talked about, they talked about one of the,
1: the, the is like mind controlling aliens. And I can't, like, I, I don't know how that would work in a in a realistic way outside of, you know, some space magic woohoo-ness.
0: Yeah, um, because it's not taming them, it's mind-controlling them. Right. Which sounds like space magic. So, I think, uh, you know, to go through this whole thing, we got a lot of really cool stuff, but we definitely have very, very strong hints here about space magic, especially with this final scene, but that that's going to play into the main storyline for your character, and it's going to be more than just making people float in a hallway.
1: I yeah. think you're right. I think you're. I think you're right about everything. I think we're going to end up being right about everything.
0: Of course, we are. we've Facts. been right about everything since we started the show, like exactly. two and a half years ago, and started exactly. <laughs> Space Facts. Um, if you haven't gone back and listened to the other episodes where we make ridiculous speculations and are 100 percent right all the time, yeah. uh, go Don't question. It. Go listen to those episodes because they exist. Um, This episode and those other episodes are eventually going to get kind of cataloged somewhere once we get into, like, the game is released and the actual content people really want to know now that they already know that the game's out. So uh, that'll be happening in the future as well. All right. Final thoughts, Dave. Final thoughts on this entire thing.
1: I think this is one of their best showings for a game. I think really since that fallout Four that that fallout Four showing i thought was was really fantastic but i think this is one of the best showings for one of their games they drove it home that this is one of their most customizable games that the experience is tailored to you specifically not a single person will have likely the exact same experience across the board Um, they talked about how much this game is about exploration that I particularly enjoyed because I mean, how many, you know, you find out stuff in Bethesda games all the time. Have you been to every single location in Skyrim? Like likely you may, even if you may have, you don't remember them all.
0: Yeah. Even if you've played hundreds and hundreds of hours, you you may not have stumbled across all of them or don't even remember at this point. Right. So that's, that's kind
1: of, all of that gets me really excited, um, for this and Lord, please bethesda stick the landing if you do this will be one of the greatest games of all time so do you think the
0: delays are worth it
1: oh yeah 100 percent. like if they showed this off and they're like yeah this is gonna take two more years i'd be like sure yeah starfield broadcast will just continue speculating space <laughs> facts until then but i'm still excited for september
0: that's awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm I'm glad that they're doing this right um, It feels like they might have brought in some other teams like there's speculation that like the doom team got brought in To refine some of the gunplay and then that stuff, which I, I wouldn't doubt that that's possible They're you know part of the same studios uh, or publisher, I guess technically um, and uh, For the most part, I think this looks amazing like I was expecting this to be good But it has exceeded my expectations across the board. And um, I guess the one thing left to find out is not, is this a well-designed game with really cool stuff that we're going to want to do? It's at launch, how buggy is it, right? Because it's a Bethesda game. Is it buggy in a, yeah, sometimes weird stuff happens kind of way and that's fine? Or is it buggy in a, yeah, it keeps crashing and I can't play for more than 30 minutes? I doubt that it's the second one. But I guess we'll yeah. we'll just have to see.
1: They're trying to push not only their the Xbox systems, but also the Games Pass with this. I think that's I think that's why they took the extra year honestly. It was to refine everything and make sure that everything's ironed out.
0: And work this, with Microsoft, who now owns them. So that like working together seems like that's working out for them
1: right like this is this is a system seller like this is how you get people to buy stuff like to get onto your service it's like how nintendo has like zelda or um you know playstation has uh like uh god of war War. or last of us yeah yeah last of us um like this uh, this is that for xbox and i don't think that xbox has had one of those in a really long time yeah i think maybe like back you know old halos and stuff was probably the last time that they had that
0: right gears of war and halo that whole generation yeah. of stuff yeah uh yeah so uh final thoughts i think it looks great and i'm super hyped and uh stay tuned Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and come back because we will be doing more episodes. And Dave and I have been talking about some of the things that we can do to fill the void for the next three months before we get to release. So maybe some fun little things will come out. Maybe some things will be released. Maybe people on the internet will discover fun little nuggets in screenshots of stuff or whatever. We will be reporting on it. So stay tuned for that. And thank you for being here, everyone. Thank you for being here, chat. And uh, Dave, any final thoughts before we move on? Any, or not final thoughts, but anything anything you want to share before we head out
1: uh i still do my uh uh tabletop role playing game rad rolls on uh all the podcast services we're finishing up our new orleans stretch and moving out into the great world of america and coming soon i can confirm for a fact that we'll be doing a limited run of a starfield game uh, in that podcast. So, more details on that soon, but um, expect it sometime around when the game releases.
0: Awesome. That's exciting. So, yeah, tune into that stuff, Rad Rolls, and check out all the other podcasts on the Robots Radio Network, robotsradio.net, including the Fallout Lorecast, the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the Lord of the Rings Lorecast, a bunch of other stuff that I do, and a bunch of other shows that other hosts do as well. So, if you're looking for more content, it's all out there. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for being here, Dave. Thanks for being here, chat. Stay safe out in that crazy galaxy, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this show.
1: Did you know that parodies are copyright protected? Tell a friend and review on iTunes or other services. Dave and Tom, excited for Starfield, let's all speculate and wear no shoes. Hey, why aren't we wearing any shoes? Because shoes rhymes with iTunes, and that's the best I could think of.